welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, and living your life with full impact mindfulness. And keeping that in mind, uh, as we always do, we challenge people out there, we challenge people to open their minds, we challenge people to step back and look at situations rather than from them. We combine serendipity and synchronicity. We do magic math, we do addition by subtraction, and we do abracadabra. What we speak, we create. We help people understand and participate in their lives and take a beginner's mind view rather than an expert's mind view. And keeping in mind, we have a uh, guest with us tonight, and I'm hoping everybody uh, gets a little bit frustrated and perhaps a little bit uncomfortable enough to step right out of your comfort zone. I challenge you. In fact, we double dog dare you. Today, we're joined by uh, Krish Mohan, uh, who is described as having a quirky attitude a charming personality, and intelligent humor. He's a stand-up comedian, uh, writer, and a social vigilante. I love that. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Mr. Chris. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. In, indeed, indeed. <laughs> and as keeping with our general theme here of paying attention on purpose, fully impacting your own life, and hopefully by that way spreading ripples of positivity throughout the world. Tell us a little bit about your background, Chris. Uh, I'm a comedian uh, by trade. When people laugh, I'm a comedian. Uh, when people don't laugh, it's something different. Uh, I, I've, uh, so I've been doing stand-up since I was 16, and uh, I'm, I'm originally from India. I'm, I moved to this country when I was eight years old, uh, so I've been here for about roughly 20 years so yeah i i i'm sure that uh my my immigrant background has something to do with the the way that i look at things and and my general i guess left-leaning ideologies uh left left-leaning philosophies okay yeah i think more, more or less my my philosophy leans towards uh how can we be uh, less awful to each other? <laughs> less awful. Yeah, that's that's essentially. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, do you know the difference between right and wrong? For me, yeah. Okay. Do you have a moral compass that generally doesn't waver? Usually. Do you? But you got to question it. Well, I sure. think. Yeah. Do you generally attempt or try? Is it your intention to treat people with courtesy and respect? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you advocate for the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed, the weary, the falsely imprisoned, the elderly? Yeah. Okay. So is there anything wrong with you then? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. I think a lot of people would say there is something wrong with me. Well, what I don't uh, what I'm not concerned about. I don't see those other people I here. think uh I I don't I don't think there is anything wrong with with me in terms of uh I know I know what I am, right? I know who I am and I know I know what I want to do. Uh and yeah, there's, there, I think there's points of me that wants to challenge what I already know. Um, so when something comes up, then my initial reaction is to go, okay, well, where's this information coming from? How do we assess this information? What do I think about it? Uh, so that, I mean, but that's a hard thing for a lot of other people to do. I don't think that's, I don't think I've ever had a tough issue with questioning what I need to do, questioning things that are brought to my attention you know, I, that's just who I am. I, I, I'd like to say that what I, what I do, I think is right for me. 
Let's put it that way. Well, let's hope so. Quite often, yeah. what we do is we, again, we challenge people. Yeah. So when a, you've been on flights, I'm sure, you travel around <laughs> the country. Yeah. So when the flight attendant comes out and gives the oxygen mask instructions, who do they tell to put the mask on first? Yourself. Indeed. Yeah. So the idea here is to, let's water your own garden for a bit so you'll be able to give out luscious fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you need to... Be able to figure yourself out, be able to take care of yourself in order to help anybody else do that. You know, it's, it's, I guess the individual serving the needs of the, of the tribe or the group or whatever you want to call it. And again, what we talk about here is most people have issues with interpersonal relationships. Yeah. However, the relationship that they tend to foster and nurture the most is the relationship with themselves. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, this uh, you know, this bit of social edginess that you have, the pushing the envelope, uh, sounds like it was uh, brewed in a in an early life. So tell us about the kitchen you were baked in, Mister Krish. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I yeah, I, I was definitely a, a little bit of a rabble rouser uh, when I was growing up. I didn't uh, I didn't agree with a lot of stuff that my my own culture was uh was doing and as i kind of grew up and saw what that was and the roles that were being placed right like the roles that my mom had to be placed and what it meant to to be i guess demure like i never agreed with that i never agreed to just keep my head down and follow the rules and even if you disagree with it it's okay just do you know just do what you're told kind of thing uh i was always the, the question kid and which got me in trouble a lot when I was like, I got into my fair share of trouble, especially when I started doing stand up. Because uh, a lot of the people in the Indian community, a lot of the older people in the Indian community, like parents and stuff, weren't on board with it. Hmm. Uh, didn't didn't like that I was going up there and talking about my family, doing the Indian accent, you know. Like they thought I was insulting them, which to me was like, that's just what, like I'm differentiating a character. Like she was, you know, so they got like, they would yell at me in terms of don't do that. You're making us look bad. Just fall in line. Could you share with us who they would be? Not names, but they were, uh, it was mostly like parents of friends, um, that found out that I did stand up and one of them, one of, one of these women, uh, she was a mom. I did not get along with this woman, but she was a mom of a friend that we would hang out all the time. And she came to the tennis courts that we would like play with, you know, play our, our you know, games or whatever. And she came out and told me that I am embarrassing my people by going out and doing stand up comedy wherever I was doing it. Like, I'm embarrassing the Indian community. Like, me as a 16 year old kid doing stand-up is embarrassing the entire scope of the Indian community. Did you realize you had that type of power, Krish? I didn't, but once I did, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Well, she attributed uh, much uh, power to you. They, she gave me a god complex far earlier than I needed one to be. Ah, <laughs> so what you're talking about is norms and expected standards of behavior. Yeah, absolutely. So what is the expected standards of behavior for a, quote, good Indian boy. Uh you you keep your head down, you study, you get you get the good grades, you go to a good college and you get a, you know, you go through the 
whatever college you want to go to, whatever you want to study, which hopefully is within the science and mathematics realm. Uh, and then you get a nice office desk job where you make uh, enough money to, to save. Uh, and then you retire at 65. And that's it. You don't ask any questions. You do everything as you're told. So you get from A to B as uh, quickly and easy as possibly yeah. as you can. Steve yeah. Jobs had a uh, quote that I we use often here on this program, is that generally there's two types of people. There are those who are comfortable being in a Navy, and there are those who prefer to be a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd probably be the pirate. So you'd be on yeah. the, you'd be on the uh, <laughs> you'd be on the deck waving your sword, yelling "Take no prisoners!" Right, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I imagine that didn't fit in very well with the rest of the navy. No, no. Uh, I was. Uh, it, I mean, it took a while for me to to be comfortable with uh, reaching out to you know indian people to come see my shows there uh, i still kind of get a little nervous when they show up to shows to be honest uh i get a little nervous whenever i see you know a group of 10 or 15 indian people that show up to support the indian comedian or what what have you my concern is i'm not going to fit that expectation right i'm not going to fit that expectation of being up there talking about uh just indian stuff like, isn't it weird that we watch Bollywood movies or whatever they want me to talk about? It's like that. That's not of interest to me. If I'm going to talk about Bollywood, I might talk about how Bollywood is connected to the mafia, maybe like that's or or the intricacies within Bollywood. Why does Bollywood make more money? You know, like I, I have other rather than just being like, oh, it's just fun song and dance like that is of no interest to me. But that is of interest to them because it's a familiarity to their culture, and now somebody's talking about it. But I'm not that guy, so I get a little nervous that I'm going to not meet that expectation. Well, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. A little bit of anxiety is a good thing. Yeah, and uh, you know, so far I have been proven wrong uh, in terms of most of the Indian people that come out to see the shows are. I think I think they're kind of excited that I'm not the the prototypical. Indian comedian doing the accent and talking about, you know, oh, I'm just a weird little foreign kid kind of thing. Like that, they are kind of genuinely excited that that's not the act. And well, I should I should also not call it an act. That's just me. <laughs> so when we're getting back to that uh, kitchen that you were cooking yeah. and that foundation. So what we help people do is to step back and find out what's really important in their lives. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it really and truly is trivial nonsense. So let me ask you this. Do you, if everything else were stripped away from mm -hmm. you, Chris, your health, money, whatever you have, who'd be standing with you at the end? That's who, who would be with you? You mean like as who a would trait? Be with, who would be with you at the end? Who wouldn't leave? Who wouldn't leave you? Who wouldn't desert you? I would say my mom wouldn't leave me. I would. I don't think my girlfriend would leave me. Okay. You know, they're they're a majority. Like my uncle would probably stay. My uncle, my sister. Uh, I have a couple friends that probably a few other comics. Okay. Uh, that wouldn't, you know, immediately leave. Yeah, I don't. I don't think my dad would be there. Or anybody from that side of the family okay. would not be there. And I know there's there's a bunch of comics, comedians that I know that wouldn't stand by it. 
So the uh, idea is that these are the relationships you want to add to and reinforce. Yeah. We have to figure out what's important. So do you have people in your life that you trust so much that if they said, fall, Krish, we'll catch you, you'd fall without hesitation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my, my girlfriend's one of those people, I would say that. Then yeah. you are, you indeed are a fortunate man. Right. <laughs> so sometimes we, we miss things that we assume that we want and we need, and we have a real difficult time separating between what our wants and our needs are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I would I would say that, you know, do I, do I need to do comedy? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people would say that I want to do comedy, but for me, it's I need to create stuff. That's something that I've that I've always enjoyed, that I've always uh, found pleasure in, you know, creating things. Whether it's art, whether it's uh, whether it's a piece of comedy, or building an entire hour about something that I'm interested in. All of that stuff is of interest to me. And I need to do it. That's what gives me purpose. That's what gets me out of the bed. And in the you're morning. talking yeah. about creativity. You're talking about imagination. You're talking about turning certainties into possibilities, which is what we encourage and challenge people to do here. We're more interested in what people can do mm-hmm. rather than them dwelling on what they cannot do. Yeah, I I, th- I definitely spent a whole lot of time um, letting that get in the way. Right? Say more is, about that. Is more of this role of being a comedian and what you can be as a comedian, right? Uh, which I think is to to say that is I I have a different idea of what comedy is. I think comedy is pure free expression. There are no rules. You can go up there and literally talk about anything anything you want as long as it's relatively funny, uh, and. It's the last bastion of free speech, in my opinion, right? You know, and I always have to put the caveat is like free speech isn't free. It comes with consequences of the choices that you make. So if you're going to say something insulting, if you're going to say something mean, you should be able to back that up. There should be a reason why you said it, right? But comedy allows you to do that. And initially in my head is you don't address issues. You don't address problems. Or, uh, you know, these obscure philosophical ideas in comedy because it's just not what you do as a comedian. You're an entertainer. You're a clown, right? And I let that get in the way for a while. And I, and I hit this point where I had to do something. Like, I had to change something to push myself to the next level. And I didn't know what that was because that was the mentality that I had in my head. Right, I had this mentality of, I, I am a clown, and I can't be anything beyond that, right? So I can go up and make fun of, you know, the the weird neighborhood grocery store and what's with the lights or whatever it might be. That's great. That's exactly what we want as comedians. But I think if if you're going to challenge yourself to keep making new things if you're going to challenge yourself to be more creative then yes taking the more difficult subject matter and trying to make that funny that's what i needed but i didn't know that i could do that right because that was the definition that wasn't given to me until uh until much later so there was a point probably about maybe four or five years ago that i was just ready to quit comedy (laughs) 
because <laughs> I wasn't, I, I was not doing what I wanted to do. You know, I was doing my web series every week, but I wasn't pushing myself to, to really talk about bigger and deeper issues. I wasn't digging deeper because again, I was falling into the trap of setting myself with boundaries in something that's really boundaryless. And once I, once I kind of realized that, and that, that I only realized when, uh, I met this comedian named Stuart Huff. Um, Stuart does comedy because he loves doing comedy, uh, which is why I wanted to do comedy, right? You wouldn't, you would, you don't go on the road for, you know, six to eight weeks at a time because, you know, you don't love doing something like you you do that because you love doing it you love performing comedy you love the idea of drive that's why i do it that's why that that's what drives me to do it right you know figuratively and literally but stuart basically opened me to that world of this can be anything so make it whatever whatever the hell you want it to be you know so once you kind of figure out that there are no boundaries especially with something something creative, right? Or you know how to take the boundaries and bend them the right way, then what you're doing starts meaning a lot more to you. And if it means more to you, then everybody else can jump on board with that because you're actually excited about it. Because I see so many more entertainers and comedians and musicians or what, whoever it is that, you know, that I take this as a job, but I don't take it as like a typical you know, nine to five kind of thing where it's like, okay, I guess I'm waking up and writing. No, I'm excited to do it because you, because the boundaries are gone and now my passion is my work. So you found your, you found your passion and what you're, yeah. what you're illustrating so well is something that we often talk about on this program is that when people talk about a comfort zone, most mm -hmm. people have a idea of that as a place where it's really safe. It's nice. They, de-stress, they detox, it's a great right. place. However, what you're talking about, that original comfort zone of yours was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I put myself in an unnecessary box. And when we talk about that, we consider people to be like a balloon with an infinite capacity for expansion. However, when we talk about thinking outside the box, pushing the envelope, Change does not take place. Growth does not take place inside that comfort zone. No. And when we help people label and identify the bonds and the barriers that created that comfort zone, be it drugs or alcohol or depression or anxiety or codependence, any, any, any number of those things. So when we identify and label those bonds and barriers, then we can step outside them. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.